All right. Boy, if that doesn't help us get ready for today's talk, nothing will. Thank you so much, Jerry. We're going to dismiss our kids for Promised Land. So those of you that are fifth grade and under, you're welcome to depart to your class time. We'll look forward to hearing more about it in a minute. And uh, while they're leaving, you might want to go ahead and find in your Bible what we're going to be talking about in Matthew chapter 5 as uh, we look more closely at what Jerry just sang about. Matthew chapter 5. So when we start talking about who is blessed, is there a type of person, is there a, a type of picture that comes to your mind about who are the blessed people? For example, do you think about, oh, a good-looking guy who marries a good-looking gal and they have beautiful children and he is gainfully employed so that they're able to take wonderful vacations and they have a lovely home and life just looks good. Is that what you think about when you think about blessing and who is blessed? What about the person who has a challenging marriage? And the spouse has issues and the children are difficult. And even though there's a lot of hard work that happens, the income isn't sufficient to make ends meet. Is that person blessed? It really raises the question, doesn't it? What is a blessing? And, of course, we, you know, have a number of words in life that we just use with a certain amount of frequency that we kind of go on autopilot when we hear the word because it just has all of this picture and connotation that immediately pops into our mind. So I'm going to invite you to to let those pictures and those concepts come to, to your mind for just a moment and let's unpack them. What is a blessing? Simply, the Bible would tell us, A blessing is a favor or a gift that is bestowed by God. Now, let's take that to another level, because that can address a whole lot of things. But let's take it to the highest level. Let's take it to the ultimate level. What is the ultimate blessing? Well, it would be a life forgiven, restored, and reconciled. To God, thereby having a personal daily relationship with God. That's as good as it can get. That's everything that God can bestow. That is, give you Himself. And so work in your life that you have a capacity to receive Himself. Now, the Bible is full of exhortations about how we get there. How do you live the blessed life? How do you know the blessings of God? And uh, in Jesus' day, these are the kinds of words that he would have had familiar to him and those around him. Words from what we would call the Old Testament, Psalm 40, verse 4, Blessed is the man who trusts is in the Lord. We're also told in Psalm 119, 2, blessed is the man who seeks God with a whole heart. And then we're told in Psalm 128, 1, blessed is everyone who walks in the ways of the Lord. 
And so the scriptures, certainly in the Old Testament, gave us some guidance, gave us some direction, gave us some light about what it would look like to be able to have blessing from God. But I want you to fast forward a little bit to Jesus' day. What's it look like in Jesus' day to be a blessed person? Because certainly those in Judaism, those who lived in Israel and in the proximity of the temple in Jerusalem, would have some awareness of these scriptures. They would have heard something about it in the synagogues. Maybe they had an occasion to go to the temple and, and they would hear holy men speak about trusting in the Lord and walking in the ways of the Lord and things like that. But do you think it would have felt or seemed accessible? You know, uh, I'm old enough that I remember a time before uh, plumbing and uh, electric heat and things like that were common everywhere. Now, I always had it in my home. But uh, I remember as a child going to my grandmother's house, and um, they didn't have any of those kinds of things for a long time. They lived way out in the country, and those services hadn't come their way. And so when I would visit my grandmother uh, in my real young childhood, uh, I was probably an infant, but I can remember it. Um, <laughs> they had a potbelly stove in the main room that basically heated the whole house. They had a well outside from which they drew water and they'd bring in buckets of water every day that they needed. Uh, and if they needed hot water, of course, then they would heat a certain amount of that water on that potbelly stove and then use it to, uh, for bathing or washing dishes or other kinds of things you'd do around the house. And it was a while before electricity came to where my grandmother was. Now, by the time I came along, they had the electricity. But they didn't have it very much uh, before I came along. And it was an interesting thing because when electricity began to move across our country and be common and be accessible, uh, they basically, particularly in the rural areas, had to talk people in to becoming electric customers because they had become accustomed to kerosene lamps and lanterns and, uh, you know, scrub boards and uh, manual sewing machines and so on. And you could kind of say it this way to those early electric customers. Repent, for electricity is at hand. You see what we're talking about? No longer go with your kerosene lamps and lanterns and, and uh, your wood stoves and, um, you know, all the manual things. But turn from that and turn to all that electricity can bring to your life. And with just a few little steps, they could have accessed all the power and all the benefits that electricity can bring. Now, it's, it's a similar kind of dynamic that is going on in the day of Jesus when he is going all over the Galilean region that we've been looking at the past few weeks, preaching. 
And, of course, he preached a lot of things, but the primary core message was what? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That is to say, stop living in these disconnected, unpowered kinds of ways. Repent from that and turn to the God of the universe who holds all power and all blessing. And as he was going about with that message, he, of course, was also authenticating that, right? Showing I, this really is from the Lord. This is something that you really can grasp and it can change your life. And he would authenticate it by the, the, the miracles that we talked about last Sunday. And he would do supernatural, extraordinary things all over the place so that people would get it. God has come into our proximity. And the crowds began to grow as we read last week. They were coming by the hundreds and the thousands from all uh, surrounding areas to hear him speak and to see the wondrous works that he would perform. So that on the occasion of Matthew 5 that we're going to read now, he takes them up into a hillside so that the thousands can gather and see him and hear him with the natural kind of... uh, audio situation that a hillside would provide and he begins to speak to them some of the greatest teachings that you find in all the bible now chapters five through seven we commonly refer to as the sermon on the mount and some of the most uh glorious and important passages in all the bible we're going to be spending today in the next few weeks in the sermon on the mount now the last few weeks we've been talking about good news And the good news is that Jesus has come. And Jesus is here. And Jesus is good and He cares. And we learned all about His person over these last few weeks and why all of that is good news. Now we continue to focus on good news in what He taught and what He said. And so I want to encourage you to put on your miner's hat and get out your pick and shovel and let's go mining for those nuggets of good news. And it's a very familiar text that we're going to look at, familiar for most of us. And so you're going to have to press past the familiarity to see some of the fresh things that God wants to say to you today. And I'm going to encourage you to get hold of at least one piece of good news out of what we're going to talk about over these next few minutes. And uh, we may even give you an opportunity to to share with the rest of us. What was that one piece of good news that you got? So let's pick it up in chapter 5. Now, he's been all over Galilee, preaching and doing miracles. Now, verse 1. When he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. Now, you put yourself there, can you? Just... Kick in the imagination right now. You're in this primitive culture and primitive society and these wondrous things have been going on. You Something like what you have never seen or witnessed or heard of in your entire life. Who is this man Jesus? And you draw close and you're among a throng of thousands and you're having the opportunity to see him and to hear him. And so the disciples came to him and he began to teach them saying... Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they 
will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled or satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We'll stop there and pick it up in a minute. Keep yours open so we can talk about it. Who are the people that are blessed? Who are the people that God wants to bless? Who are the people that can be blessed? Now, take, to take you back to the early picture that I, I talked about, uh, let's say the beautiful people with the beautiful children, with the wonderful income and houses and, and trips and all this kind of stuff, might be blessed. Might be cursed. You say, how so? How could that be when you have all that cool stuff and cool life? Because of the ultimate blessing is my having the favor of God and the gift of God of relationship with God. If that's the ultimate blessing and the American dream deceives me and derails me from having the ultimate blessing, then the American dream has just cursed me and kept me from all that God can be to me. But conversely, that person who's got the challenging marriage and the challenging kids and the challenging job with the challenging income and and life's kind of hard, but he has God. A full heart engagement with God. The scriptures say that is a blessed man. Because the men of faith and the women of faith of old would tell you, I would rather walk through the valley of shadows with God than be out here where there are no shadows and no no problems and no challenges without God. And so the ultimate blessing of having him is what Jesus is getting at with this opening to the Sermon on the Mount that we call the Beatitudes. When he says to them, blessed are you who are poor in spirit. For you have the kingdom of heaven. He's not saying, here's the way you get blessing. Be a poor person. Uh, be so poor in your spirit that you recognize how bankrupt you are without God. Now, that, that will be helpful for you to, to know how bankrupt you are without God. But he's not giving us a bunch of states of being that we have to kind of finesse or work ourselves into so that we can be blessed. He's just telling the people that he sees. He's telling the people that he knows. I know you're poor. I know you're busted. I know you're broken. I know that you're the forsaken, the forgotten, the ignored But congratulations, the kingdom of heaven has come to you today.
That's what Jesus is saying. He's not just giving some little teaching about how we can be better people and therefore, you know, have the blessings of God fall on us. He's just acknowledging where they already are. And congratulations. Electricity has come your way today. You can repent, turn away from that, and have a new new day, a new time of power, a new experience of God. Now remember, Jesus has gone out into Galilee. He's not down in Jerusalem. He's not down in the seat of power. And, and those who have influence and the movers and the shakers. He's with the spiritual zeros. He's with those who have no position, no status, no power, no influence. And when he says makarios, or we translate blessed, he's basically saying congratulations. The kingdom of heaven. All the power, the glory, the person of God has come to you right now. And those of you who have life really hard, you've suffered a lot of losses. You may have lost a spouse. You may have lost a child. You may have lost your capacity to have an income and to make a living. You that are just filled with grief and mourning, congratulations. Today, God's going to comfort you. And for those of you who are kind of of gentle and, and, and you're timid and you're a little bit shy and you're a little awkward and, and, and you're intimidated and, and, and you never assert yourself and put yourself out there. You're always kind of holding back a little bit. Congratulations. Today you're going to inherit everything of God. And for those of you who have been on the short end of justice. And you've been treated unfairly. And life has been harsh. And you burn to see things made right. Congratulations. God's going to satisfy that. He'll settle the books. And for those of you that get wronged taken advantage of, and, and you're gracious, and you're merciful, and, and you give second chances, and, and people take advantage of that and abuse you some. Congratulations. God has a ton of mercy for you today. And for those of you who... Now, when you talk about pure in heart, and who's Jesus speaking to? He's not speaking to the religious people. He's not speaking to the people that, you know, say the prayers and make the offerings and show up at temple and all that kind of stuff. He's talking to the people that are out on the backside of nowhere, the nobodies. So for those of you that are those perfectionistic, hard to please, criticizers, always got something hard to say about whatever. Congratulations. Even you will see God today. And those of you that care about the relationships around you and you find yourself in the middle of those relationships often as they're kind of uh, warring with one another and fussing and fighting with one another and you're, you're there trying to make peace and you're trying to bridge a gap and you're trying to help with understanding and, and they misunderstand you and they get mad at you and you're unappreciated and they even turn on you, congratulations. 
in that peacemaking, you are a son, you are a child of God. And those of you who have taken a stand, and you're going to live a life that purposes to honor God, and you are oppressed, and you suffer because of that, you're persecuted because of that, congratulations. For the kingdom of heaven is yours. And those of you who take insults and ridicule, you're dismissed, you're lied about. People make up stuff, they call you a religious kook or a nut. Congratulations. Because the joy of heaven is yours right now. Do you see a little bit about who can be blessed? Anybody, everybody can be blessed. If you'll repent and stop doing life without God and start doing life with God. Because the kingdom of heaven, the person and the power and the purposes of God are present with us right now, right here. And no matter what your circumstances are, you can have a blessed life right here, right now. Now, that doesn't mean, poof, all your circumstances change. Blessing is having the experiences of of this life with The person and the power of God. It's not having them all magically zapped. No more hardships. No more problems. No more difficulties. It's still a fallen, broken, busted, cursed world. There's still going to be earthquakes and tsunamis and such things as that. But He will be with you. He will be with us. So, I think we just talked about some good news. And I wonder, what just hit you? Just in a phrase, this was good news to me today, blank. What would that be? A couple of you? Anybody catch some good news? All right. All right. Thank you. It's a good word. Anybody else? Over here. Over here. Okay. God gives everybody blessing. All right. Everybody is blessable by God. Think about these things with me. Kingdom of heaven is here now. Jesus is here in his fullness, the person, the presence, the power of the triune God is with us right now. It's not something that we're waiting for, for when we die or when this world is over. 
It's right now. And whatever your circumstance, Jesus is drawing near to you now. You go, you don't know what I just did. He's still drawing near to you. He's still coming with open hands, with invitation, with a tug and a call and a woo. And Jesus intends to bless you. The Arkansas Power and Light Company wanted to bless my grandmother long before she allowed them to bless. Will you let him bless you? Will you turn, repent? And often Jesus will approach others and bless others through you. Through you. Jesus wants to say a comforting word. Jesus wants to say something that will encourage. Jesus wants to uh, bring some guidance and wisdom. Jesus wants to have a touch. Jesus wants to do some healing and some helping and instilling hope. And sometimes that will happen internally and mentally and through prayer. And sometimes that will happen relationally through the life of another person, through you. That's good news. You are a part of the blessing plan of God for others. He not only intends to bless you, He intends to make you a blessing to others. Now, what we've been doing over these last few weeks is this. We've been encouraging you to take at least one piece of good news out of here and share it with one other person. Just Thought you might be interested to know and give them a piece of good news. Uh, Will you do that this week? I want to encourage you to. I want to ask you to. And I also want to ask you to check in with us. How did that go this past week? Were you able to share at least one bit of good news with someone last week? On the back side of that connection card, on the top line, it says, I shared good news. And like we've been doing, if you did, just check that. Or if you did it two, three, four times, would you put a number there? Last week, 51 bits of good news got shared. And so we're somewhere over the you know, last few weeks uh, around you know, 155, 160 pieces of good news that you have been used of God to share with others and be a blessing to someone else. Would you do that again this week? Now, in that line, would you take this moment right now and just check it or put a number and that will help us to know where all that's going to end up. Let's close with the text here. As we wrap up Matthew 5 and uh, picking it up at uh, verse 13. Because you're a blessed people now, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You are blessed to be a blessing. As a blessed person, you are salt that adds flavor to this world. You are light. That allows people to see the handiwork and the activities of God.
And Jesus calls us to be who we are, salt and light. I'll close with this story this past week. Uh, as we mentioned at the outset of the service, uh, our friend Russ Newman had heart surgery. And uh, 86 years old, it's kind of a precarious thing for him to go through anyway. Uh, but they felt like they needed to do it. And so he came through the surgery technically okay and uh, then had the challenge of recovery. And uh, he had a little confusion along the way, and I dropped in on him Thursday to just see how the progress was coming along. Uh, and he knew who I was, and we had some conversation where it was obvious he, he got what I was saying, but what he said wasn't always clear, right? It's a little goofy sometimes, actually. But when I walked in the door, this confused, surgery-recovering, 86-year young guy is talking to his nurse, Chuck, and telling Chuck about why he should go to church and why he should visit Meadowbrook. Oh, there's my pastor. My pastor will tell you all about Meadowbrook, because I walked in the door right then. That's how I want to go out. Telling good news, giving people hope, sitting, you know, even if sitting there in a gown half-naked with, you know, three-day growth and hair all crazy. And God's good. God cares about you. I hope you'll let God come close to you. So how do you respond to that? Well, the Scriptures tell us that when men and women of old got it, how good God is, and they wanted to extol the things of God and declare the worth of God and magnify God, that the, the Scriptures would exalt them. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with joy. Clap your hands, all ye people. Celebrate His goodness. And so I'm going to invite us to just take a moment to do that, to give uh, what sometimes is referred to as a clap offering applause for the goodness of God. When you consider all that we just looked at in these Beatitudes, how in, uh, intent He is on blessing you, shout. Say to Him how good He is. Give thanks. Give praise. Uh, and join me in doing that right now. Lord, we do. Thank You. We bless You. We praise You. You're a good God. We don't deserve Your blessings. You are magnanimous. You are so generous. Your mercies never cease. They are new every morning. What a sweet Savior. Your forgiveness is forever. We are forever grateful. Amen. And amen. And amen. So, if you didn't catch it, would you repent? Would you turn to Christ? Would you be blessed and live like it be a blessing to others? Will you share one bit of good news to somebody this week? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for my friends in the house and for those listening to this later. Uh, we're reminded today how brief and fragile life is. And that it's a mist and it's here and it's gone. And while it's here, you intend to bless. God, help us to draw near to you as you draw near to us. Help us. To be found in Christ. To live the blessed life. We pray in His name. Amen.